they'd be, well, what happened? We, we're, we're still here, so the rapture didn't happen. But uh, anyway, we've seen that course in 45. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Someone said, study without reflection is a waste of time. Reflection without study is dangerous. I'll say that again. This is a good, a good quote. Study without reflection is a waste of time. Studying without knowing what it means, it's a waste of time. But reflection without study is dangerous. So both require thinking. Hopefully when you read your Bible, you do some thinking besides just getting a glazed look and reading it now. I realized in Hawaii, a lot of people have a difficult time reading, um, whether it be the public school system or uh, whatever the factors are. A lot of people, it seems like, have a difficult time reading the Bible because they have a hard time reading. So even though that is true, we do read for work, for business, taxes, anything that's important, documents, we read it. We may need help to understand what is being read. And maybe it's because it's a second language too. So the, the truth is we should we should try to comprehend what we're reading. And so church and Sunday school is to help us comprehend what we read. And so sometimes we don't read a Bible at home because it's discouraging. We don't know what it means. We don't know the words. We don't know how to pronounce the words. And so all of these things keep people from reading the Bible on their own. So let me just encourage you by telling you that um, just try to read the Bible slowly. Take your time. Don't rush. You're not in a race, you're not in a competition. Just read, just read, just read. And if you might say to yourself, but if you're not understanding what you're reading, okay, that's going to be true for any part of the Bible. Anybody has a hard time, everyone has a hard time understanding some of the Bible. But you do pick up something that is good for you when you read the Bible. So don't let, I don't know how to read well, keep you from reading the Bible. It'll, it'll get in there slowly. And get through the thick noggin slowly. It'll get in there slowly. Just, just read. Don't not read. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter eight. This is in the Old Testament, and first five books of the Bible written by Moses. There are some good truth in here for us to remember. Chapter eight of Deuteronomy. I'll begin by telling you that Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Do you know who Mike Rowe is? He is famous for his program on the Discovery Channel or the Learning Channel about dirty jobs that he does. Ten years he worked for that uh, network and uh, he goes all over the world, came to Hawaii, he's been to 50 states, he's done over 300 jobs, different kind of jobs from landscaping of swamps, really, sewers, ice roads, coal mines, oil derricks, crab boats, being working with hillbillies, lumberjack camps, the whole thing. And it's unimaginable the things that he has done to show that America works because people work. The unknown people that just do their jobs, they work, skilled laborers, trades, and they get things done. And that was the whole thing about his program. And that reminded me about Deuteronomy chapter eight because the, the prosperity and the success that people get from working is good. And yet, there's a real tendency for people who are successful and prosperous to forget the most important thing in their lives. 
So chapter 8 of Deuteronomy talks about that. Let's look at verse number 1. They're preparing to go into the new land, the land of Canaan. They have been wandering for 40 years. It's been a long, long trip. And so they're finally going to get into their promised land. You've heard of the promised land. Sometimes people who get to a destination or a goal in their life, they say they finally hit the promised land. They finally got to where they're supposed to go. They finally get the rewards of their efforts and so on. That's what people say the promised land is. The promised land is Israel. God promised Canaan to the people of God, the Jews, the Hebrews. And so they're finally going to go into the land. Look at verse number one. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do. Reason. Why you, would you observe God's commandments, Hebrews? The answer is right there. Observe to do. Know what to do and then do it. Reason. The next four words are verse number one. That ye may. All right. So God's intent for them to obey his command was not to restrict them of fun or keep them from enjoying life. It is so that they may live, so that they may have a life that is productive and fulfilled. And then he says, and multiply. There's a productivity, there's a prosperity. And go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. So God's intent at the very beginning was to be a blessing to his people. And they would get blessings if they would do what God said. That was the intent. And the thing is true for Christians today. That God will bless, take care of you as you obey him. Verse 2. Let's go down through this chapter. Verse number 2. And thou shalt remember. Not only will you do some things. You will remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee. To prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna. Now, so far in verses 2 and 3, some of the things that the Lord allowed Israel to go through, it was not pleasant. He suffered them. He let them go hungry. Now, there's a verse on Psalms where he's never seen the, uh, the pe people begging for bread. But... In this case, God says he has allowed Israel to suffer some hardships, to do without, to not have some comforts. And it was for the reason to humble them so they wouldn't get cocky, get proud, and to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart, verse 2, if or whether thou wouldst keep his commandments. Verse 3, he humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, and yet he fed thee with manna. So, so far you're learning that God did some things for Israel that didn't appear to be good things. He let them go hungry. Now, how is that a good thing, to let someone go hungry? How is it a good thing to let your child go hungry? Most most parents, most mothers will, will do everything, anything to feed their babies or feed their kids. Wouldn't that be true? Most fathers do everything and anything to provide for their families. That would be true. But here, the Lord who loves them, let them suffer, let them go through uh, some experiences, let them be uncomfortable. And he said, I did that so that you got humbled, and I did that so that I would test you, so that you yourselves would know, God already knew what's in their heart, so that you would know what's in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or no. So the testing came so that they themselves just say, you know what, man, 
we're following God. This was the time the Red Sea opened up. We went through. Wow, what a what a what a miracle! They got through the other side, and then pretty soon, not even three days later, they began to grumble and complain against Moses. Man, three days after, after this great miracle, it's like saying, "You were." Um, I knew a man. Met him at the prison. He was a volunteer. He says we're talking, and um, I forget his name, but this was over fifteen years ago. He said he was in Illinois. And he was on, he was, he was at a um, toll road. You know what a toll road is? is? You got to stop and put money in the basket. You pay so much and they tell you how much it is. So you come to the stop, you line up, your turn comes. There's a basket there. It says 375. You got to pull 375. The gate opens and you can go. Toll road. You pay for being on the road. That'd be a good idea in Hawaii. Instead of building a rail, have a toll road. If you want to go fast without any lights, pay a toll. If you don't want to ride that toll road, don't want to pay, ride on regular roads. That'll be cheaper than spending $15 billion and it'll be more effective. So what am I saying? Uh, this guy was at a toll booth. Now here's what happened. This is about a miracle. This is about not forgetting your miracle. This guy's in a toll booth. He's waiting. Uh, now his turn comes. And I don't know what the delay was in the booth, but he looks in his mirror, he sees a truck coming at him. I'm not talking about a Ford F-150, I'm talking about an 18-wheel truck. Coming down straight at him, not slowing down. He looks in his mirror, he panics. He tries to step in the gas, and before he can do that, this truck hits him from the back. He was in a little Subaru sedan. The, the, the big truck, he doesn't know how fast. The truck hit him, he was like he was shot out of a gun. He said he went 300 yards. 100 yards of football field. He went 300 yards, done straight, tumbling and so on. And um, he said the back seat of the truck, it crushed him and he was, he was, the airbag went out and everything. And then when he woke up, he says he walked away. Oh. Only problem he had was a sore toe. Well, that was a miracle. He was delivered. Nobody knows why. He doesn't know why. He says he's just glad he walked away from that. The Hebrew people were delivered from a great deliverance by a great deliverance. Three days afterwards, they forgot all about that. So he humbled them to prove them, to test them. And look, sometimes things happen to you as a Christian, and it is not just about to test you to see if you're going to be faithful to God. Bad things are going to happen, setbacks, disappointments, hardships. You don't understand why. Whatever the scenario, as a Christian, you might get tested. But let me let me rephrase. Something's going to happen to you, and here's the temptation. Oh man! First, you might think, uh, okay, God is supposed to care for me. He didn't care for me that this bad thing happened. I've been hit by a car or a truck. First thing you're going to think. Second thing you're going to think is, I guess I guess God forgot about me. I guess He doesn't take care of me. I guess He doesn't watch over me day and night. That's how you're going to think. And then you're going to say, you know what? I've been going to church and now look what happened. <laughs> and now look what happened. You've not been in church. Now you're in church. And now uh, you feel good, but then it's like it's like a, it's like an appointment now. It's like it's like like work almost. You mean you gotta get up, you gotta get dressed. It's like you gotta go to work on Monday. Or you gotta go to school. But you make it, and then you feel good. But then afterwards, you begin to think in your mind, you know, um, what am I getting out of this? 
And then you, you feel good that and people say, oh, good to see you. And it's all true, and people mean that. And then something bad happens to you. And then you begin to wonder, oh, hey, how come this happened to me, huh? I mean, I've been going to church for, for two months. I was out of church for 10 years. Now I'm back to church for two months. Now look what you're doing to me. How come? That's how we feel. But it's not true. It's not fair. And you know what the Lord does? He lets us go through some things, setbacks, disappointments, hardships, surprises, to humble us so we don't get cocky and to, to test us, to see if we're very sincere. And he says in verse number two, to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no, whether you're gonna follow me or not. Now, let me tell you something that you probably know is true. It's very easy to follow the Lord and go be in church when everything is good. You got a good tax return. Everything's fine. Your life is under control. There's no bad things happening. You see the future. It looks good. You feel like life is great. And you're happy. And then something goes wrong. What could go wrong that makes you feel like, uh, why is this happening to me? A lot of things. Okay, you bought a new car, come to find out it was in a wreck or it was water damage. Well, I don't know why you want to check about that, but something's happened like that. Or you thought you had a good deal, it turned out to be fraud. You invested in Bitcoin because everybody else is investing in Bitcoins. Because the celebrities on the radio and the TV, they have these ads and it looks so good. And uh, the experts are. And you invested a lot of money in that. You said to your wife, this is a good gamble. Why is it a good gamble? You're investing three quarters of our say, our, 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 our retirement, three quarters of, and you say, yeah, but, but so-and-so said, Sean Hannity said, or somebody said that you, you believe in, and all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but looks like a good thing. All of a sudden, what? Did you see that? And you say, what has happened? Well, a lot of things not so serious like that can happen, and you feel really bad, and you say, you know, Lord, I thought you was on my side. I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. I heard, I heard, and now look. What, see, the temptation is to, to withdraw, to back off, to stop following the Lord. And he said, I'm going to test you to see what's in your heart. In other words, to see if you're sincere. You know what sincere means? Sincere means to see if you're really for real. Sincere it goes back to the old days, in Bible days perhaps, where if you would buy You like a piece of pottery? Well, let's take another one. You know how to make pottery? You know, some people have that shape, some people have that shape. <laughs> people have somehow figured out this is a, you've got a pear body, you got an apple body, you got a, you got a uh, um, avocado battery, body, you got a, a cucumber, I don't know, you know. Who ever thinks of these things? Look like somebody's head to me, but anyway. I was just saying, okay, uh, if there, if you go by pottery, you, you hold it up to the light. You turn it. And you, if you see light coming through part of the pottery, you know what you say? Ah, there's a little flaw here. This is not sincere. This is insincere. 
So God is testing you to see if you're sincere. If you say, I'm going to follow you, whatever. Peter said, Lord, um, whither serve thou goest, I will follow you in essence. And so, but you know, Peter, when he got pressure from the Romans and the Jews, he denied the Lord three times. Remember that? And so he was, that's a, that's a reminder that sometimes people are tested to see if they're going to be sincere. And that's what happened up here. God tests you too if you're going to be sincere, to see if you're sincere, to see what's in your heart. If you, if you say you love someone, sometimes you'll be tested to see, and that person will test you to see if you really love that person. You know the old saying, if you love me, then you will. You know what they're doing? They're testing you. And sometimes it's not a good test, but they want to know if you're sincere. Well, you, you say you love me. You say you climb the highest mountains, swim the deepest sea. You say you walk, you go and jump in the lake of alligators to prove your love for me. Well, that'd be kind of dumb if you did that. But the idea is that prove to me that you love me. If you love me, you would do this to me. A lot of times there's pressure to buy something for someone or do something that you know is wrong to do. But the person who says that is saying, I want you to prove to me that you really are sincere, that you love me. You know, God is saying in a good way, I want to, I want to humble you. I want you to go through some sufferings and some setbacks. And I want you to examine your own heart to see if you really do love me and you're going to follow me no matter what happens. You know what the Hebrew boy said one time to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 3? They were threatened to be thrown to a fiery furnace. That's a lot of pressure. That's what you call really a hot, fiery test. And they told Nebuchadnezzar, if you throw us in this fire furnace, well, let's look at Daniel chapter 3. I want you to see the words for yourself. Daniel chapter 3. This is a test of sincerity. Daniel chapter 3. It is toward the New Testament. I'll give you five minutes to find it. Just kidding. Daniel chapter 3. Now there is a conspiracy to get these Jews uh, by the enemies of the Jews. And they, they trick the king, they manipulate the king to pass a law. And the law was, we're going to build a 90 foot tall idol image of the king which is to show his humility imagine uh, Obama wanted to have somebody want Obama to have a statue of him uh, on Mount Rushmore a bust of, Mount, of him on Mount Rushmore can you imagine the ego you must have to say yes yeah, a good idea I mean nobody deserves to be up on Mount Rushmore except those presidents but anyway uh, this king Nebuchadnezzar had that kind of ego so they built a big statue 90 feet 90 feet tall and the, the cue to worship is when you hear music, in verse number five, when you hear music, when you hear the band playing, when you hear the drum roll, it's the clue for you to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king set up. And that is the law of the land now. And so there are some Hebrew boys, though, problem, 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 that do not believe in bowing down to idols and worshiping people and things like that, and even uh, things made by man's hands. And so they're not going to bow down. And the people who conspired to manipulate to get this law enacted, 
they knew that they would not do that, so they said, we got them now. Oh, we got them now. Legally, we got them. Because we know they're not going to bow to this image. We know they're going to bow down to the true God. We got them now. Boy, are we smart. Are we clever. Well, let's see how smart they are. Now, in verse number 12, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Now, these evil, corrupt, hateful people that have the king's ear identify who they are. Verse 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury. I guess you would say Nebuchadnezzar has a hot temper. He got angry because he was insulted. No one's bowing down to my image. Everybody, but these, wait a minute. Everyone's subject to my law, but these, oh, this cannot go on. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, kids mispronounce some of these words, you know. They say Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat. <laughs> then, then they brought these men before the king. They got arrested. They got arrested for worshiping the true God. Can you imagine that? Being arrested for worshiping God. Today, it's kind of like that. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, it is, is it true, O Shepherd Michigan Abednego, do not you serve my God, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that, that at that time, you hear the sound and so on. And then it says, um, uh, if you follow and worship the image, the well, he says, good, no problem. You're not going to be in trouble with the law because the law is the law of the land and you must obey the law. And, and then look at verse number 18, 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, very respectful to the king, very respectful, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this manner. We know exactly what we're going to tell you. Verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand O king look at verse 18 but if not be it known unto thee O king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou set up now you have here a case of which they were tested and their sincerity was tested their devotion to God was tested I mean their lives their lives could have been they could be burned like a match. They look like a match. But they said, our God can deliver us. But if he doesn't deliver us, then it's okay with us. Now that's devotion. And their sincerity was proved. They were real. So well, you're not going to go to that extreme uh, trouble, right? I mean, has anybody lately told you, I'm going to get a flimter and blow you away if you don't do what I want you to do? No. So this was a very severe, a very severe test. Your test, my test is not going to be that hard, but for sure it's going to be like that in our thinking. And so God tests you and puts you through some hardship to see if you continue to be faithful to Him. Uh, do you understand the principle there? Okay, it's a principle and it's true. Your your sincerity will come out or your insincerity will come out. Hopefully your sincerity will come out. Now come down to Deuteronomy again. Uh, chapter 8. Verse number three, and he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and led thee, uh, fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he, 
might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now he teaches them something. Okay, you guys went hungry. Uh, I want to teach you a lesson. I want to humble you. I want you to know that your sustenance is not just by bread. Whole wheat, rye, sweet bread, Hawaiian sweet bread, or sourdough bread from Sam. He said, I want you supposed to know your life does not, your life is not just in what you eat. You need to feed on something else. He says, uh, you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes or proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thus man lives. So he's saying something deeper than just giving them manna from heaven, which was a miracle too. He said, you need to, you need to feed your soul. You need to feed not just the physical, but feed your soul. A lot of people take care of the body. A lot of people take care of the body because it's obviously your body in the sense of no one's going to take care of it for you but you. And that's a good thing to take care of the body. However, he says there's much more than just feeding your body and being healthy, vitamins and all these kind of things and exercise and uh, whatever it is to keep you healthy according to your doctor. He says your life is more than that. Eating the right kind of food, um, whatever is good for you is probably maybe good for you. But he says your life has to be more than just what you put into your mouth. It has to be, he says, bread that comes from the mouth of God. That's the Bible. Your life, your life is sustained not just by regular food, but by spiritual food. As much effort as you and I make to feed ourselves, we should make an effort too to feed ourselves spiritually. Would that be fair? Amen. I mean, 50-50, that's just being really, really, you know. But I mean, don't you know that your body is as important as it is. Uh, it should be important to you take care of it. A lot of people, when they get sick, they're unhealthy. It's because they've been negligent about basic things about good health. They don't walk, they don't exercise. They don't. They always eat. Um, you know, hate to say this, but they always eat chocolate. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing really wrong with chocolate. But they they just don't take care of themselves. They don't get enough sleep. Uh, they, they don't do a lot of things that are good for them to do that only they can do. They neglect that, and then pretty soon, let's use the word obese. Hawaii has a lot of obese people, and there's a lot of pride in being big and fat and ugly. Wait, wait, let me back up. A lot of pride in being big, being big and fat, because uh, in the Polynesian culture, of course, they're just the genetics and all that. I understand, but they just are prideful that they are big. It's kind of odd. And so, what comes with being overweight? A lot of times. What are the normal things that come with being overweight or being obese? Well, you know what happens with that. Um, and then there's a threat from the doctor. Then there might be a little repentance there. So they will try for about a week to stop eating out the manapu and the char siu. And not char, char siu is good. But uh, the, I was going to say the, 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 7-Eleven, the 7-Eleven runs. Hey, uh, you hungry? Yeah, okay. Go 7-Eleven. Here's my EBT card. <laughs> you 7-Eleven. Give me 10 uh, musubis. Why 10? Because I'm hungry. Okay? And so something happens to you when you just don't have any self-control. But something happens to you to you as well in your soul when you don't take care of your spiritual part of you. Okay? You've got to have that. you got to have both. You just can't eat. You have to drink water. You just can't live in water. You gotta have food. You just can't have vegetables. You gotta have some protein. You gotta have some red meat that's cooked. Well done. You gotta have some fish. You gotta have you gotta have some barking meat. You gotta have some hot sauce. You gotta have some this. And some. You gotta have a balanced diet. And part of our balanced diet, spiritually as a Christian, is get the Bible. 
Yeah, give it to us, okay? So he says, I'm testing to see if you're going to be sincere. Look at verse number four. Thy raiment uh, waxeth not owed upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Now, he's got something for 40 years they wander, and their sandals, their leather sandals, however they're made from uh, Reebok or uh, Nike, their leather sandals never wore out. 40 years of walking. How long does your tennis shoes last you? How long does your regular shoes last you? How long does flip-flops last? About two days. And then the thing breaks out of the little hole, right? You get all mad about that? Well, it doesn't last too long, but their sandals, by God's miracle, protection, and grace, lasted them for 40 years, did not, and their feet didn't get, nobody got, nobody had to go to the doctor, nobody had to go to the um, emergency room because their feet was okay. No swelling. You ever get tired and your feet standing up all day long on concrete? Oh, that's so hard to stand on concrete with flip-flops. But their their feet didn't have any trouble. Their shoes didn't have any trouble. It's America, verse 5. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart. Think about this, he's saying. As a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. So the Lord said, I'm like your father who cares for you. He loves you, provides you, but he also spanks you. He said, I'm like that kind of a father. He says, understand that I am like a good earthly father. So that you can see in your head and in your mind what I am like. So when I whip you, it's because you needed it. When I'm pouring on the blessing you, it's because I love you and so on. So all that is translated into the brain. This is what my God is like, whom I cannot see. Verse 6. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good... Now watch verse 7. The Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, the land of Canaan. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley. Now remember, this is an agricultural culture. This is a farming culture. This is a cattle raising culture. This is what it's like. Now, uh, land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A uh, land of oil, olive and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of those hills thou mayst dig brass. Did you know that America is a very blessed, prosperous country with natural resources? We got so much oil under this dirt. It is incredible that we even had to buy oil from OPEC in the 70s and 80s. It's incredible how much oil is down below this dirt. But because of the federal government and because of certain policies, no, you cannot. There's a lot of riches, richness in this land. America is a blessed country. Amen. When thou hast eaten, verse 10, when thou, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 10, when thou hast eaten and art full, notice that. Don't you like that part? When thou hast eaten and art full. When you eat, <coughs> don't you eat until you're full? Or you just nibble? Now look up here, please. Don't you eat to be full? Don't you eat until you're satisfied? Or do you just say, oh man, if you... Yesterday, uh, I was doing some stuff and got some pain in my hands. It was from 10.30 till about past 6 o'clock. All during that time, drank water. And then Joseph had some uh, Frito-Lay corn chips. Then we had a few pieces of watermelon. That's it. All day long. Just working up and down ladders and doing that kind of thing. Kind of enjoyable work, but got home. I said to her, I'm starving. She knows she had for me. She had rice and she had 
working Asian hot dogs, which she calls the beanie weenies. <laughs> now I ate, how many bowls did I have? I ate a bunch. I felt sick afterwards, but <laughs> I just gorged like a hog, and I just, I ate until I was full. You know, God said, God said, when you come to the land of Canaan, you're going to grow stuff, you're going to plant, grow stuff, you're going to have all these things grow up, they're going to be huge, they're going to be great. And he says, you're going to eat until you're full. Eat until you're full, not eating and wish you had some more to eat. You're going to have so much food to eat, you're going to eat until you, you can't eat anymore. And the next thing you're going to eat until you're full. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you when you get into the land. Now, I'm getting to the real main point. Verse 10, when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good language he hath given thee. Now, watch carefully. He says, when you eat, because you're, when you eat until you're full, it's because you have worked. You have worked. You've worked the land. And you have seen the fruit of your labors. And now you're reaping the fruit of your labors. But he says, wait. Remember, remember verse 10. Look at verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God. For, for what? For the good land which he hath given thee. You know what he's saying? <laughs> I, I think you know what he's saying, but uh, he's saying this. God gave you all this land to grow stuff. And all the stuff that you have to eat was grown on the land. No need for fertilizer. It's a good land, good black soil. It's perfect for all this stuff that you get. And when you sit down to eat and have your have your meal, you thank me for that. He says, That's I like that when you thank me for that. Because it's because of me you're here. It's because of me you have this good land to farm. It's because of me giving this land, you're able to have all of these things. You understand what God is saying to the Hebrew people? You come into the land, you got to work the land. It doesn't just grow because you say corn, pomegranates, watermelons, pineapple trees. I can, I'm just testing your alertness. I said pineapple trees, you just look at me like, oh yeah, pineapple trees. <laughs> no pineapple trees grow here. I'm here, but you're not here. See, kind of thing. Uh, so he says, when, when you when you when you harvest and you you're so happy and the kids are so happy, everybody's happy. You eat. Look, I like the you ever like the corn on the cob? Oh man, hot corn and cob, butter and salt. Oh man, like a typewriter. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. And then my wife makes real good cream corn. It's so good. And then ice cold watermelon with sprinkled with sea salt. Oh, so good. You ever try that? Mm -hmm. Just eat watermelon plain? No, I got some sea salt. So good. And then cold cantaloupe and big grapes that are firm, not mushy, firm seedless grapes. So good. And then uh, every once in a while, a good avocado. But all these things that you enjoy, uh, uh, and then people say, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom, for, for great cooking. And then uh, that's a good thing. But really, the truth is, they, they were to thank God for the blessings that they got. So here's what you got. You have you have them giving a good land. You have them working the land. You have them thanking God for the blessings that they have. Let's keep reading. I got I got a, I want to hammer this point. Verse number uh, eleven. Caution, caution, red alert, flag, 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 yellow, yellow means red's gonna stop, stop. Listen carefully. 
Verse 11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when, lest when thou hast eaten and are full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, will that make anybody happy? And all that thou hast is multiplied. You see the increase that God has given to them because of the good that he's brought them into and because of his blessings? They are just booming. It's a boom economy. Verse 14. Then thine heart is lifted up. Why? Because the tendency is from man to think this. Give me a crown. Give me a chair in the highest place and chauffeur me around. You know what the man thinks because he's blessed? He thinks it's, look at the verse, verse 14. Then thine heart is lifted up, that's called pride, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, verse 15, who led thee through the great terrible wilderness, and so on, uh, verse 16, who fed thee in the wilderness, so on, verse 17, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this well. What's happened to this guy, the people? God is saying, I want to warn you. Caution, red flag. Stop, stop, stop. When you get everything and you're full, when you eat, he says, remember, don't think that it's because of you that produced all of these things. Now, two things. Number one. They had to do this. And yet, it was God who blessed them to be able to work the good land that he gave to them. And the fruit of the labor is because they did work. They were responsible. But it wasn't just them that produced all these things. It was God who blessed them. God who gave them the raw material, so to speak, so that they can produce things. He says, don't you guys forget that you need to do that, but don't forget me. Somehow in the Bible, God is always concerned about people forgetting about him. In the Bible, he has warned Israel multiple times, okay, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. You're going to be full. You're going to eat until you can't eat anymore. But he said, don't forget me. Don't think that you are the one to produce this thing that's on this table. Don't think that because of your ingenuity, your brain, your intelligence, your imagination, your skill, your savvy, your experience, brought you all these things. He said, don't forget it was me who first let you out. He led you. Uh, I led you and I provided for you. And now you're in the land. And now you got to work the land. And as you work the land, you will reap what you sow. But... I am the one who gave you this land. You know what God wants? God wanted from them acknowledgement. God wanted from them not just respect, but he wanted them to love him, to appreciate him for what he has done for them. He wanted them to enjoy the fruits of the labor. They had to work for it, but they had to also say, let's thank God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to use the earth, and so on. So you have a combination of you work, but it's because of God allowing you to work. Now stop and think about this very practically. Uh, 
Verse 17. And thou shalt say in thy heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath got me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get what? Can you say that word wealth with me? Okay. Can you say the word wealth with me? Wealth. You know that translates in real life? That super athlete that can throw a touchdown, that super athlete that makes half a billion dollars, a half a billion dollars in a contract, Kansas City Chiefs, that guy, if he's smart, he's not going to glory in his arm or his legs. He's going to say, it is God who gave me the ability to do these things. If he's smart. There's one football player who I think was very smart. He's now out of the NFL, but his name is Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was drafted very high, whatever year it was, played for his whole career for Detroit Lions. Look at some high, highlights of Barry Sanders and how he runs. You're going to say that, that guy is uh, not a freak of nature, but a very gifted athlete. And he could do things like nowhere. Running, several, I mean, it's just amazing. But uh, he thanked God for his abilities, and he proved it. He proved it too. Barry Sanders is highly respected because he proved his sincerity to believe in God. He got a bonus for his contract, got a big contract, had a good successful career. He quit at the height of his career. Didn't drag it out. And he, I don't know, but I suspect he believed these verses. And he never forgot the God who gave him the ability to run with the yeah. ball. Yeah. Then you have this guy like LeBron James. LeBron James. The king. LeBron James. Who thinks he has power with his words to be a political commentary and uh, who is for all this woke stuff and um, listen a man like that has lost his bearings he's lost his rudder he's just drifting through life thinking he's great no man who understands that it is God's blessings upon his life and God's resources that he has been allowed to use can ever become arrogant the Hebrews got like that they said, God says, no, no, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Slow down, slow down. Do you know, I read between the lines, verse number 18. Let me read the lines and I'll tell you what it says between the lines. Verse 18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Not you, big guy, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be... If thou do all uh, that, if thou do all at all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. You know what he's saying? You you gonna take credit for all of these things? Okay. There's inhabitants in Canaan. Giants are there. There are tribes there that are fierce and brutal and vicious and hateful. And I'm going to let them overcome you, overpower you, and destroy you, and take all of your family away from you if you think you're the big man, if you're the big guy. I'll let you, I'll let you suffer loss. You lose everything if you think it was you that brought everything into existence. That's what he's really saying to them. So what does this mean to us today as Christians in 2023? It must mean something to us because remember, studying without reflection is a waste of time. Reflection without study is dangerous. What is it that's the lesson for us today as Christians in 2023 of February the 19th? There's got to be a lesson for us. Uh, I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know what it is. No, no, no. The lesson is very simple. 
Thank God for His blessings upon you if you have blessings. If you don't have blessings, it's because God is testing you to see if you be devoted to Him still. And if you are blessed, you are prosperous, etc., you need to not forget God because it is He who can simply take everything away from you. Like that, it happens so good to you, and like that, it can be gone. Just imagine. If God did something to you because you get arrogant and cocky and think that you are a self-made man, what if God just did this? Francis, can I pray for a second? Second thought. <laughs> Francis, pick up your guitar. I'm going to show how to play it. All right, now watch this. Now, Francis, you know that Francis... His skill, da 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 da, and everything else, and uh, uh, he's been so good to help um, Sam learn the guitar. And I think you know, just but his skill and all these kind of things, hard work, has the aptitude, God-given aptitude, all these kind of things. What if he got arrogant and said, "You know what? I'm going to go to Nashville, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to find my fortune in Nashville." He believes the report that you tell him that was so good. Oh, Francis, that was so good. Oh, Francis, so oh, Francis, so good, so good, Francis, and he gets to his head. Carmen doesn't recognize who he is now. He can't walk through a door because it's so big. He is stuck. Can't go through. And he begins to make plans to go to Hiharza, an agent, all that kind of thing. And friends, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go to Nashville. Why? I want to be a star. I said, why? Because I don't want to waste my talent. Then somebody says, is it your talent? He says, well, 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 for 30 years I've been playing the guitar, so, you know, I want to I wanna, I wanna, uh, reap the fruits of my labor. Blah, blah, blah. And he's got his mind made up. Now, if he gets like that, and maybe the Lord would say, go ahead, fall on your face, and you watch when you fall on your face. Or he might just do something like this. Might just touch his hand so that his hand cannot pluck the guitar or strum the guitar. And all of a sudden, before he flies off, it's like, uh, 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 Carmen, Carmen, oh, oh, what's wrong, Carmen? He wakes up one day, Carmen, what's wrong? Carmen says, I don't know what's wrong. And Carmen says, oh, I know what's wrong. I know what's wrong. Your ego is wrong. Your pride is wrong. Your arrogance is wrong. And then he says, okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go to my doctor. My doctor's going to fix me. Give me a shot. Okay, he goes to the doctor. doctor and says, I've never seen this before. This is the first time I've seen this. All of us, oh, I don't know. They do all kind of tests for a whole month and they still don't know anything. You know what's going to be thinking? Well, something's got to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that is wrong is he has done what they were warned to not do. Forget God. And so he says this. He says that he puts his head like this together. He goes, God, I'm sorry for being a, a wise guy, for being a smart guy. To think that I am my own God. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And the Lord says, you really mean that? He says, I really mean that. And the Lord says, okay, I forgive you. And then his hand may go back to normal or it may not. But his heart has been repented. His heart has turned back to God. He's now learned his place and God has forgiven him. And now, after a while, he sent him back. And now he's back in church praying for the Lord. No, 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 no. See? That could happen to anybody. And so you don't want to become, you don't, you, you don't want to become, you don't want to think that it's because of me. You, you, you folks, you folks know that um, I just recently began to try for UBER. <laughs> I've met so many strange people and uh, so many funny, funny kind of people. 
not funny kind, funny kind, but funny kind people. Uh, people that are just different that I would never have met. But anyway, um, you know that um, my wife is the one who always um, writes out our tithes. Well, I never see it. I, I trust her to not lie and cheat and all that. But I, every every time I go out for a ride like that, you know what I do? In my in my head, in my heart, I'm saying, no, honestly, not trying to be spiritual or super spiritual, but honestly, I say, I say to myself, get turn my car, said, I'm kind of paraphrasing, God, uh, thanks for letting me do this, because I can. I have the health to do it. And I kind of paraphrase him, I say, but I think that I can still see good, I can hear good, and I can drive good. I'm a very good driver. And I thank you that you protected me all this time. I've had some near calls, I've had some close calls, but nothing, I've been protected, and um, nothing bad has happened in over 1,200 rides. Nothing has happened to, you know, make me freak out like that. And, um, you know, I made a few dollars and things like that. And so I know, I know where it all came from. I'm responsible, but I'm not the source of the blessing and the prosperity. Not. So, Deuteronomy 8 was for the Hebrews, but it has a big lesson for the New Testament church. And if God has blessed you, thank God for that. Use it for Him. And never think that you are a self-made man. Because it can all be taken away if God has taught you that lesson. Much better for us to be faithful to Him and then continue to enjoy His blessings. Okay? Uh, one, one quick story, and then I'm going to have to stop. Um, there's, a, there's a pastor in New, North Carolina. It's been years since I've seen him. It must be over 30 years ago. But he has carpentry skills. He makes little things and he gives them away. Back there, you get all kind of lumber. Don't have to go to City Mill, Home Depot. You get it in the backyard kind of thing. And I don't know if he mills his own lumber, but he has all these woods and stuff. This guy made some stuff for us, small things, um, little racks for books and things. And he once made my wife, he, his name is uh, um, that guy. I can hardly understand his talking. It's like he's on Mars, but this guy, literal guy, he bought my wife a sewing cabinet. I bought a truck from Jacksonville, picked it up, five hours away, drove it back. This guy built this nice finish on a maple or something, friends. You would have preached it this day. This guy did it for nothing. He just wanted to do something because he could. He had the skill. He had the skill. And we were just talking about whatever, and he just, you know what? Um, let me design for you. Fun that she saw. Let me design for you a cabinet. He did. Picked it up, took it back to Hawaii, had it for many, many years. That guy was a blessing to a lot of people, not just us, because God has blessed him, wanting to bless somebody else. Good guy. Good guy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. If there's one thing that I would really like you to absorb and take to heart and, and believe and practice, it's that chapter. Okay? All right, let's take a short break and then we'll come back. Uh, then we'll come back at 1045. Okay.